0: Hours later, with the book still on her chest, the wine woke Jessica, just the way they say it does. Tan was asleep, about as far away from her as a queen-size bed would allow. How easy it would be just to slide closer and put her arm around his body. He would be warm with sleep, and she would feel his smooth skin covering the thick, hard muscles underneath, and she would whisper to him, It's okay. We love each other. I trust you. And what? I will allow you to control me? Jessica resisted the urge to bury her foot in his back and shove him right over the side. What was happening to them anyway? They were like drunk drivers who caused an accident badly hurting someone very dear to them. Those culprits must think about their actions every day and find solace only in rearranging what happened so that it never happened. But it did. And at some point, they understand nothing will ever change that. And long after everyone else has moved on, it will always be fresh in their minds. They'll never get over it. Maybe Jessica and Todd would never get over what they had done to Elizabeth. Eventually, it would destroy them, as marriages are destroyed by a catastrophe, like the death of a child. Where? was the beauty of their love.
1: Right. <laughs> Whose idea was mine? There. <laughs> Are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? I can't wait till Jessica and Elizabeth murder each other. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfield! <laughs> If she
0: has to read one more Sweet Valley High, she's going to jump off the indoor balcony of Winston Egbert's mansion. It's Elizabeth Gomez. Hey, spoiler alert, she's got to read
1: one more. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> <The> worst. <laughs> she's the only girl I know who took Sweet Valley High literally. And we all feel very sorry for her. <laughs> it's also probably why she's in therapy. It's Adrian Gunn. You know what? This
0: is hurtful. I've exposed myself. And anyway, this is Wokefield, where two middle-aged comedians realize all their problems started with Sweet Valley High.
1: Each week, we read a Sweet Valley High novel. And God, I don't know if you can call them a novel. <laughs> and talk about how the most beautiful twins in the land, Jessica and Elizabeth, completely fucked up our ideas about being a woman in America.
0: Look, today we are talking about the final word on Sweet Valley. Sweet Valley. Confidential. Where Francine Pascal herself fast forwards the Wakefield twins 10 years into the future and wow, just fucking wrecks the whole thing. Drives it off a (laughs) cliff. Trolls the shit out of us.
1: It's literally that bad. It's
0: appallingly bad. And then we're gonna welcome best-selling author and ghost writer Rachel Birchie to the pod. Rachel's the author of the books The Kids Are In Bed, Finding Time for Yourself in the Chaos of Parenting, MWF Seeking BFF, My Year-Long Search for a New Best Friend, and Jennifer Gwyneth and Me, The Pursuit of Happiness, One Celebrity at a Time. And Rachel's promised to tell us all about ghostwriting. Let's just say she's worked with some very famous people, including the actress Anna Faris, who she told me it's not Anna. It's Anna.
1: <laughs> I also am like, why didn't Rachel write these books? <laughs> would have the sweep belly Highs will yes. ask
0: her. Anyway, we have no idea why someone this successful would happily agree to
1: reread this book. She's read it already. And then stay tuned for the Lavalier Awards, where we'll nominate the worst sentences Francine has ever written and crown a winner.
0: Listen, I think we know why she had some ghostwriters. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, Adrian! Here we are once again. <laughs> Another week has gone by, and I have to tell you that this is literally my Sweet Valley nightmare. <laughs> this book was awful. So let's just start from the beginning. We are now many, many, many years in the in the future, and a the whole twins decade. the twins are twenty seven. They've graduated high school. They've graduated college. They now are in the middle of a career, and the book starts. <laughs> With Elizabeth opening a door for twenty minutes
0: <laughs> and refusing to take a phone call from her estranged sister,
1: and why, Jessica, and why are they estranged? Um,
0: <laughs> I just want our viewers to know that she looks so mad when she's just, saying this. This okay? So this book is. <laughs> Fucking (laughs) terrible. And we'll really get into that when Rachel gets here about just how terrible it is.
1: Because it's literally all we can talk about during this podcast. I
0: mean, the sentences do not even make sense. But let's just stick to the plot. The basic plot is Elizabeth is in New York because she has fled her sister who has
1: done... Cheated. (laughs) Has done cheated. (laughs) She has done cheated. She has done cheated and is now living with Todd. She stole... Basketball, washed up basketball star Todd Wilkins. Who I believe Kim Nelson had called him, what did she call him at the very, it was our very first episode. You'll never forget it. She called him a
0: sentient basketball jersey. Shout out, Kim. Yes, Todd (laughs) continues to be a sentient basketball journey who is apparently only capable of fucking two women who look exactly the same.
1: And we have no idea, because you know, we kind of did the books out of order. So we have no idea what Todd's journey has been. But I also think maybe we we don't care. No, we
0: definitely (laughs) do not care. I think Todd's journey is just fuck Elizabeth, secretly fuck Jessica, then get back together with Elizabeth, and then get Get back back together with Jessica.
1: And yeah. So Jessica and Todd are now living this sweet valley life. And Jessica is in agony. She is dying. and She's like, why is my sister mad at me? I don't know, (laughs) bitch, because you (laughs) fucked this girl's boy. They were engaged. They
0: were engaged. They were engaged. Elizabeth and Todd Wilkins were engaged. And Jessica has now, when the book opens, Jessica is married to some bro named Reagan who's a millionaire. None, and of, a European. Literally none of the scenes or information about this ring
1: true at all. It makes right. no sense. And Reagan's very jealous. He was very yeah. jealous because at some point... Uh, Jessica was on his boat topless but the captain was very handsome very yes. very handsome i think very 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 handsome and he was probably sta- had a good body he was staring at Jessica's tits yeah on the boat as and you then would. Reagan
0: flew off the handle yeah so she's like i'm getting divorced from this guy so she flies back to Sweet Valley into the arms of her sister oops no into the arms of Todd Wilkins
1: yes and those are all flashbacks because currently where the book <sighs> is is Elizabeth now lives in New York. And let me just say this, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but ladies, listen to me now. I'm all <laughs> about the hoes, right? Like if you want to hoe around, you want to get some D, you want to get some P, I have no problems. No problems. What I am saying to you is that there are rules. And one of the rules, number one, without any question is do not fuck your sister's man. Well, especially your twin sisters. There's
0: like, oh. isn't there like a whole porn channel for this. It's fucking weird. It's oh my God. definitely weird. And okay, I don't want to spend too much time on like the yes. structure of the book because I do not think people who are not
1: writers care. But also, they don't know that there is no structure. The well, there the authorial
0: choices make no sense. So let me just say, it starts in past tense, third person. With Elizabeth is like, "I'm in New York." blah, blah, blah. And then it turns to first person present tense in flashback and then it's not only elizabeth and jessica sometimes we see other random characters i mean yes. it makes no sense
1: sometimes the first person of one character ends up with a minor character who also has a first person yeah. in that same thought it's, it's um it's, we'll, we'll get into this with <sighs> rachel it's but hurtful speaking of hoes speaking of yes. hosts, elizabeth is in new york she's very yes. lonely she has no friends she's no working friends. for this magazine
0: let me just say It's as if Francine Pascal has never met Elizabeth. She is an entirely different person. Completely.
1: It, and, and you can't even be like, well, it's because this tragedy has befallen her. No. Right. She went from an Enneagram 2 yes. to an Enneagram 7. And yeah, I like that in a person, yeah. but this is not right. Or
0: even almost an 8. Like, she's very, like, indignant and, like, very, like, loud and kind of angry. And she's like, fucking dudes in New York. I mean, it's, yeah. no, well, it's nothing. So, okay. It's not her.
1: So then she's got this magazine gig, right? Yeah. She was she's writing for, uh, what's it called? What's the name of the magazine? It's kind of like oh. a Zagat.
0: Yeah, it, it, they describe it. Over and over again as a Zagat guide for off-Broadway plays, which is also weird.
1: Why didn't they just call it Playbill? <laughs> Isn't that the one that you use for all the plays? I don't it know. A bit, so I, I guess mean, all restaurants, whatever. Okay. So then. She's
0: writing blurbs. I do not know how she's affording this apartment. As a person oh, that was, who has freelance written, I'm sure writing these blurbs about plays is like $50 a
1: blurb. When Rachel gets here, we're going to have to ask her about the end of the book when all these things come like great for Elizabeth. And yeah. it's like, now she can afford an apartment. But you know you can't. Yeah. <laughs> So then Elizabeth or Elizabeth's in, in New York. She's working on this magazine. She ends up going to meet this playwright. She ends up fucking the playwright at yeah. some point. Yeah, And then she meets a bartender, and his yeah. name's Liam. And she's yeah. like, Liam, I have a wedding to go to. And my friend that I just no, fucked no, said no. to me. It's not a wedding. It's her grandmother's 80th oh, birthday. Right. Right. Yeah. She's like, this dude that I slept with, uh, you know, I told him about my problem with my sister and how have, I haven't spoken to her yeah. in eight months because she was doing my man and that wasn't cool. And
0: continues to do your man. And
1: maybe it's my own fault that she's doing my man. Yeah. But I have to go back to this party and see her. And then the boy that she's messing around with says, you know what? You should invite another dude to come <clears throat> up and just ruin everything for you it
0: is very strange all of it is very strange so elizabeth is like focused on getting revenge on jessica and so the way that she does this is she's going to she meets a bartender literally one time yes and then is like she goes home she comes back to the bar and is like will you go to sweet valley with me to my grandmother's
1: 80th birthday (laughs) i mean no the guy should have been like no now let me tell you this it's like an entrapment moment don't, I won't tell you the story uh, now, but I will tell you about the time that I worked at a bar, and I ended up going with someone to Seattle, who I'd only known for seven days. Yeah, Maybe but you're, in, the whole story, gr- you're in Enneagram 7. Yes, Elizabeth she's is, not. She's not. No. So she goes back to Grandma's party. She sees Jessica and Todd. Jessica and Todd are still like, I don't understand why she's mad at me. There's a huge family fight. We don't have to get into it. It's not that interesting. Yeah. However, Liam is there. The bartender has agreed. Yeah, the fight is about Liam is too attracted to Jessica. And
0: this shit, all the shit in this book about Twindom is really weird. And so he's not attracted to Elizabeth who looks exactly the same as Jessica. But when he gets to the country club for grandma's birthday, he's like, "I got to get this fucking Jessica bitch." <laughs> and so he's <laughs> flirting with her, and Todd is super jealous even though he's fucked both the twins. Yes. And he so he throws and he
1: knows how Jessica be
0: hoeing around thank all you. the time. Through thank high you. Thank you.
1: Through college,
0: she's dangerous. So he throws a fit, everyone fights, and Elizabeth is like, my entrapment plan has worked, but oh, I'm so ashamed.
1: Yes, because she is codependent. But I also think Liam must be codependent because I think he sees Jessica as like this person who is in the middle of a struggle and that makes her more sexy. Listen, you are my best friend. I love you. I love you too. If
0: you asked me to go to your grandmother's 80th birthday. You would absolutely
1: come because she's dead.
0: Listen, (laughs) listen. You bring a lot of fun, and so probably, like maybe, but like, who the fuck wants to go to anyone's grandmother's 80th birthday party? What a nightmare. I would
1: absolutely, well, you know. This is a, it it's a difference to, between us. <laughs> I'm a Jessica in that way. I would go. I would go because you never know who you can meet at these parties. Anyway, let me just say, also, this book is like 300 pages long. It is unbelievable. It is way too long. So so
0: Elizabeth well, goes back to New revenge, York.
1: It was like this revenge fantasy.
0: Yeah. So Elizabeth Lots of pages goes, about that. She goes back to New York having successfully created a fight between Jessica and Todd and then she gets she goes
1: to New York she fucks the playwright she goes back to her apartment and there is Jessica Jessica while Elizabeth was on her way back to New York spends all this time reflecting like maybe I shouldn't sleep with my <laughs> sister's fiance. <laughs> she's like Man. have i fucked up our relationship <laughs> like, for good and she's like and she's there the the inner monologue is all about like jessica being like is this relationship now kind of dirtied up by the fact that he used to be my sister's fiance? I mean, like, what is happening? It is
0: unreal, and like, it is so clear that Francine Pascal loves Jessica. Jessica the hero of this book. Elizabeth comes off as just like a whiny little bitch, and Jessica because <laughs> she's is like, like the golden, one
1: place, she, right? Because because Elizabeth is like, I've been codependent my whole life but the one time I'm gonna draw a line yeah. is when you start boinking my boyfriend. Yeah. So anyway, Jessica shows up in
0: New York. She and Elizabeth have a very ridiculous talk which ends with Elizabeth holding Jessica to her bosom and thinking- in bed. And thinking Jessica is like my child. That's literally what she thinks. Jessica is my child.
1: And I forever will be tied to her. Yeah. It is some Stephen King shit, girl. (laughs) It is like the hallway in The Shining where you're just like... Creepy twin shit. Yeah, you're like, this is the kind of blood that never gets severed. This is always going to be part of who you are. And she's just like... This is my this is my sister. Mm-hmm. I love her. I care for her. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to crawl into bed together and yeah. act like this never happened. Yes. And I'm telling you, I'm a bitter person. And I would never let that girl in my house. No way. And any letter she ever sent me, I would just burn. I would burn. <laughs> and then I'd take the ashes, I'd put them in an envelope, and I'd mail them back. Listen, you are talking
0: about like real person behavior. And this book does not exist on any plane. Absolutely. Because why? Yeah. Because now... Elizabeth is best friends with Bruce Patton. Listen, that gets announced in like the first chapter that elizabeth is best friends with bruce patman and he is a reformed person because both his parents were killed and she held his hand at the hospital how many times can these characters go to the hospital Fucking constantly <laughs> so anyway jessica and elizabeth make up jessica is gonna leave new york she comes down the stoop in a top rom-com moment there's fucking todd wilkins and they hug it out they make out now it's time for their wedding so Elizabeth flies to Sweet Valley, reunites with best friend Bruce Patman.
1: What happens? And Bruce is like, come over to my house. I have something to tell you. And Elizabeth is like, I don't know. And then there's a whole bunch of pages that are all about like how they've been friends for years and how he's been so supportive of her. So supportive. And I want to be like, Francine, we know what's going to happen. Just stop torturing
0: (laughs) Well, and we're like, you didn't earn any of this. It makes no sense. The biggest thing I remember of those pages are one, Bruce Patman's house, is described as decorated all in primary colors yes, like bachelor
1: pads are. And I was like does he have a red leather couch? Listen, I would be pro that if it was 1980s like yeah, in the high school Yes, but and maybe he's now? just stuck in the times. This book was written in 2011. Yes, I
0: was like what is this bitch talking about? Like at Ronald McDonald House? The second thing I remember is when Elizabeth <laughs> takes off Bruce's pants his, she notices his desire for her. <laughs>
1: No, my best thing is like, you know, we've we've always through this whole podcast talk about how much um, Francine loves, loves to describe how someone yeah. looks and how good looking they yes. are. And for Bruce, he was only, he only had an almost sculpted almost. body. Listen, <laughs> you know what? I also have an almost sculpted body.
0: <laughs> Listen, there's nothing I love more than an erection, but to call it his desire for her, really. I mean, the sex in this book is so... Fucking weird. It's as if Francine does not realize that people that want to read this book are 40-year-old women who read these books when they were children.
1: That is correct. Francine's idea of sex is if like... Okay, let me just say it from a... If I were a dude, I would say Francine's idea of sex is like putting my dick into a box of saltines. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Just, just, Just dry and crumbly.
0: Well, at any rate, on that note... So Jessica gets married and all of the people in Sweet Valley show up to the wedding, which is when Francine
1: hooks us up
0: with some bat shit crazy epilogues so we know what I, happens to every character.
1: It's insane. It is, none of it makes <laughs> any sense at all and it's so random.
0: It's so random, but it's like literally, I thought she was trolling me. Yes. So I wrote some down so we can share them and I'm going to read the first one, which I just want to say is- My v- favorite. It's- I burst out laughing, and I was like, she's literally fucking trolling us. Yeah, I
1: was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all these books and this podcast, and I'm going to burn it the fuck down. It's (laughs) fucking
0: insane. So if you ever read this book, listeners, just fast forward to the last epilogue. That's all you need. So, okay, Bill Chase, still great looking, (laughs) but lost his right leg in a shark accident. (laughs) one of the surfers you remember we'd see him on the in the you know off in the screen at the surfing contest lost his leg in a shark accident
1: yes and i think she uses the word attack yeah okay which makes makes it sound oh it says attack sorry
0: i said accident no it's totally fine yeah
1: but i like the idea of shark attack (laughs) yeah yeah it's very much a sharknado moment um
0: this second one is i think one you really loved
1: yes Uh, because i just don't have any words for it because this (laughs) is 2011. (laughs) When she writes this. I mean, again, if it was 1988, I'd be like, cool, cool. It's insane. Yes. So then the craziest one, or this one that I really super love, Roger Collins, who is uh, Sweet Valley High's most beloved teacher. Very hot. We've read in every single uh, book up until this point. Yep. He survives a fake molestation (laughs) charge from a student, but then went on to live with the same woman for the last eight years, who he met when she was a senior (laughs) at
0: Sweet Valley I guess he didn't learn so much about that fake molestation charge. Though it makes you wonder how fake it actually was. Well,
1: I guess not. Um,
0: this one I really like as well. Lila Fowler still has brown eyes, but now disguised as green thanks to new contacts.
1: Also, I went through a green eye contact situation when I was a kid. Yeah, here's the, the one. Here's the one you're looking for. Charlie Marcus. I don't know who Charlie Marcus is, though. I can't remember his Well, read the thing. Charlie Ma- Marcus, oh, right now I do. Charlie Marcus, now married to Easy <laughs> Annie, wrote a novel called Easy <laughs> Annie. <laughs> okay, you know what? Here's the thing Roger Collins, the teacher, he did write a book because he had several books that went, and his bestseller, his bestseller was called like something like Lies. Yeah. And it is all about his teaching experience, where he's accused of molestations. It's fucking he's tough. A terrible guy.
0: It's fucking tough. Um, also, Easy Annie became a lawyer, but we don't care about that because her boyfriend wrote a book called Easy, Easy Annie. Annie.
1: And Charlie Marcus uh, saves, like she says repeatedly in yeah. the book, is she say he saves yeah. Annie by teaching her quote self respect.
0: <laughs> it's so tough. Bruce Patman. Now a nice guy, but still driving the same Porsche.
1: <laughs> I believe that she says that that's the only remnants of his past that he keeps.
0: Yeah. On this one, you have to read the actual quote because yes. this is pulled directly from the book.
1: Caroline Pierce. Yep. Has to <laughs> I mean, how does she write this without hating herself? Okay. Caroline Pierce has put on a few pounds, but essentially looks the same as she did in high school nosy what does that
0: mean does she have a big nose or she means that she's like because her whole thing is she's a gossip I mean it is unreal
1: but the second part of this is the best part of it and I'm so glad you added this part this is basically the button (laughs) of this of this line so I'm gonna start from the beginning and then go back okay Caroline Pierce has put on a few pounds but essentially looks the same as she did in high school nosy yes somehow Got fat after a year of chemo and radiation. (laughs) Also,
0: you know, if it wasn't bad enough that when you played the Sweet Valley High game, you were a loser if you had to play Enid. I mean, nobody wants to be Enid, right? But this is the fate that Francine Pascal has assigned to Enid Rollins. Enid Rollins, successful gynecologist, with a bad attitude and dating a loser who sells sneakers at the Foot Locker at Sweet Valley Mall.
1: What? <laughs> also <laughs> not dating that he she's having an affair. I don't think she's married. She's, they, they describe it several times as an affair, and that's why uh, everyone has to keep it a secret.
0: Listen, all I know is that poor Enid gets to be a doctor but has to fuck the guy who's selling... Actually,
1: this sounds pretty accurate yes, to correct. fucking real life. <laughs> that's <laughs> correct. That's why she has to ignore him. She has to ignore the footlocker guy at the yeah. wedding. Yes. Okay. Kara Walker, the cuckold... <laughs> Kara Walker, the cuckold wife of Stephen Wakefield... She bakes a lot.
0: Um, I didn't put Stephen Wakefield on here, but let me just
1: say real quick, Stephen Wakefield turned out to be gay. Turns out. Wow. It was a shock to him, too. And is married to (laughs) Kara when Kara finds out from Jessica.
0: Who is like...
1: We'll come back to it. Okay.
0: (laughs) Robin Wilson, once very overweight, got skinny, then put on a bit of weight because of her work as the owner of the Smart Cooking Catering Company. (laughs) <laughs> this is. Funny. She was fat. She was
1: not fat. She well, she got a little fat again. <laughs> what the fuck, Francine? I know it's it's. it's she, oh. Oh. People paid her, you oh. guys. Okay, Whew. this is the biggest one. Winston Egbert. Yeah, dead. <laughs> Audibly, our producer was just like, "What the hell?"
0: <laughs> he was he was like, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> The shark attack is literally, oh. And Ian, all sorts of people had cancer. Not only Carolyn Pierce, Alice Wakefield. Someone had
1: leukemia. Alice
0: Wakefield had cancer, but she also rolled out of cancer, still looking like the Wakefield twins' older sister. And
1: I think they call Kara Walker as, like, she's, like, matronly has a square body. (laughs) Like, This book is great. I cannot wait to talk to Rachel about it.
0: Clearly, we need to talk about how bad it is. It's like burning a hole in us. Yes.
1: My soul is now dead. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Rachel is a best-selling author and journalist. And in addition to her three best-selling books, she's worked with actresses, entrepreneurs, and social media personalities on their memoirs. She's basically our idol. And she has promised to sing the opening to the sweet valley high tv show Woo-hoo! do it rachel do it
2: this is my opening yeah. sweet, valley, sweet, valley high. sweet valley sweet valley there's like more <laughs> words at the beginning but that's the chorus i just and love then, that you
1: have it in your brain forever i also love that you and i both zoom danced
2: <laughs> yeah and no you have helped. to like, like sweet hazard. valley high that's a bop it's a bop for sure okay
0: Rachel, as a person who clearly can write good sentences, you are obviously paid money to write sentences. How painful was this book for you?
2: <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, it was not good. No. I, if I, if they had hired me, I thought about this, and I was like, if, if, we keep like Sometimes when I do yeah. ghostwriting they'll like have a manuscript already and then I'll get a call and it's sort of like, I come in as a second person and then they're like, what would you do to like fix this book up? And I, I, so I've I've already thought about what I would do if Francine herself called me on the phone. (laughs) And I would, first I would delete like every time the word like shows up. And every time the word so. I think she's trying really hard to like write the way you talk, which is just like not a good choice because she yeah. wanted to read like you talk, but not actually have all the words that we say, all the likes and the so's. And she chose them in really weird places, like not where you actually would talk. I would do that. And then I would be like, let's talk about the like change in narrative perspective a little bit.
1: Well, so can, just real quickly to, on the likes and the so's, I will tell you, we've read a number of these books. We've revisited a number at this point. And what I said to Adrian, I texted Adrian when I was reading it. And I was like, you know what happened in this book? Francine went to a writing workshop like all of a sudden she was taught these things they were someone taught her this idea of like write like you would speak or mention special things like don't say just social media be specific say Say hugs you know like yes (laughs) and it was it was so much like I was like oh she took a weekend course and then thought she was a writer again
0: I mean, what was truly unbelievable to me about this book was we have read all these books and we've talked about how they're bad. And we've also talked about how there are like clearly better ghostwriters than other ghostwriters. Like some of the books are clearly written by better writers. But when we read this book, it was so unbelievably bad that it was so clear why she had these ghostwriters from the beginning. And I didn't think the writing could get worse, but it was so much worse
1: well i was gonna say because i believe rachel and you, you, you'll comment on this but i believe you read this twice yeah. <laughs> well she twice. read it for us she read it read once it for pleasure
2: it's released like probably the weekend it came out
1: wasn't that long ago 2011
2: yeah i remember very clearly i remember that i it was like one of the first books i ever read on my kindle because i was embarrassed to be reading it. In public. <laughs> and flying from chicago to new york to visit friends and i remember being in the airport like secretly reading it and i To be fair to Francine, I could not put it down. And same was true this time. Like I read it really quickly, not because we were going to be talking about it, but because I like my family went out to play and I was like, I'm just going to be here with Elizabeth and Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) But it is.
0: Well, it makes me wonder, Rach, because I know you like this book, and I'm also going to bring up the Roxane Gay essay that we all read, which is called um, "I Was I Once Was Miss America," where she talks about Sweet Valley High. And Roxane and Rachel both feel similarly that, like, even though it's terrible, they like it. So, like, it doesn't <laughs> matter to you that it was horrific.
1: I'm looking at Rachel's face right now, and Rachel's face is definitely like. But I say like it.
2: She did like it. She texted me this week. Sure. Okay, go. No, but but Elizabeth is exactly right. It's like, I don't know why I'd say like I liked the book. And I would objectively say it was like quite poorly written. And super- yes. more it was worth worse on rereading than the first time around. I think the first time around I was like, just like wanted to know who ended up with who and like, you know, the romantic entanglements. But this time I was like, I texted you and was like, why does she keep saying so in weird places? Like it didn't make sense and it wasn't how people we'll talked. And these ridiculous and I was looking, I've listened to the podcast, so I was thinking about it a little more critically probably than the first time. But I there is something just like comforting. It's true. I did find some enjoyment in reading. I don't know, I like the book, but I enjoyed reading the book and like revisiting that time. And I'm in some ways more mature than I was when I was 12, when I was reading these books, i in some ways not at all. I definitely
1: uh, understand the idea of watching things that are trashy or reading things that are trashy just for comfort. Like I will watch the oxygen channel all day long, just murdered people over and over and over and over again. And the shows, (laughs) the shows are actually very terrible you know, they have a formula. It works. They keep doing it. All the players are weird. You know, the stories are not that interesting. They're just like so-and-so came home. He was drunk. He shot his wife and you're like, yay, this is so comforting.
0: I'm going to go to bed now. I don't know how you find that true crime comforting, <laughs> but I will say so. Well, not
1: just me, like millions and millions yes. of, of white ladies.
2: For and sure. And I also like haven't reread the original books in a long time. So they're not quite as top of mind as they are for you guys. So it's more of a like nostalgia moment for me, I think also like revisiting them and remembering these things. Um, If I had reread some of the early books, maybe I would have some juxtaposition to be like, oh, this is noticeably worse. But I don't remember if they were actually good or bad, or if I was just 12. So I thought they were good. Well, I can tell you now, (laughs) <laughs> that
0: they are better than this. But here's you're not in bad company because this Roxane Gay essay, which I think everyone should read, you Google it. It's called um, I Once Was Miss America. You can find it online. It's from her book, Bad Feminist. This line from her made me laugh. She's like, when I first read one passage from Sweet Valley Confidential, I woke someone up with my laughter. I literally applauded because I was so thrilled by the exquisite badness.
2: <laughs> yeah. I read that essay too. And I like totally agreed with everything you said. Like it was horrible, but you're still reading it and you're like, mm-hmm, okay.
0: Well, and the one thing I really liked about that
2: essay is I felt very validated by
0: it because Roxanne is really talking about things that I keep talking about that Elizabeth's like eye-rolly over where it's like, you know, I- I'm,
1: o- I'm only eye-rolly when she mentions enneagrams.
0: Well, and other things, but, <laughs> you know, but, you know Roxanne also talks and about And it... bangs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I just love when I have my closest friends here. Keep it coming. I can handle it at any rate. (laughs) <laughs> Roxanne and I are in the same team where we took these books sort of seriously. Like that popularity was like a goal, and that if you were popular, you could be safe. And she, her very last line, which I fucking love, is um, "books are often far more than just books." And so it made me think, you know, what does Sweet Valley mean to you? I feel like Elizabeth would be like, "Nothing. They're stupid hoes."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do think that one hundred percent. But you know, what I would say to you is that. I took them seriously in a different way than you consume them. Yeah. You took them seriously in that you thought you should adopt that behavior. Yeah, Whereas like I took them seriously and was like, I'd never want to be these people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all these people seem real shitty. <laughs> And, and rereading the book, I'm like, yes, they still are real shitty. Oh God, I um, was really
2: smart when I was, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, like, I definitely think that we can all agree that everyone thinks that they're in Elizabeth or in Jessica. And I definitely, I know you and I fight about this all the time, but I definitely thought I was an Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Rachel just <laughs> raised her eyebrows know, to the ceiling. I know. I
0: know. <laughs>
1: I know, because you guys know me now, but not when I was 12. So, I, you know, one thing that's interesting to me for you, Rachel, I w- I want to know a little bit more about your history with the books, how yeah. you understood the books, what you loved about the books. And, you know, I know we keep talking about how much we hate the, this particular book, but I think there are things that are redeemable about yeah, the about legacy
2: for sure. And and I did. I read them all. I read, I think I actually may have started Sweet Valley Twins, which came after Sweet Valley High, That was them younger and I was yeah. a little younger. So I probably started, I think I started with those, but I read all of them, all the Sweet Valley High. I read all those like sagas. I have a very vivid memory of reading one of the ones that's like a Western. It's like, you know, like, <laughs> of <it's>, course <laughs> there is on the back there was like a family tree so you could figure out like these were like oh yeah no those
0: those are the sweet valley legacies i believe that's what they're called yeah Yeah. we don't have time to read those but i may read them on my free time (laughs) Just, just a book club situation
2: yeah um i remember reading that like on an airplane like i really loved those books but to me you know i had an older brother i'm like a brown haired jewish girl from the east coast like i was very different than um the twins but i i've always been sort of fascinated and i don't know if it it may have started with these books or if it was flip-flop like I don't know which came first but like with the idea of identical twins I mean their connection in this book is like it's almost borders on like romantic love <laughs> like it's like, like well especially way, in this one yeah and like the way it's written I'm sort of like whoa is that like what it's like you know I'm sort of so I've always I think been interested my brother and I are very close but I've always been interested in this like sisterly bond and I've talked to Adrian a lot about how like the babysitters club books also were very important to me growing up and I think in a one with that was more of an actual like I want to be like them because that was about like friendship amongst Girls and like
1: Entrepreneurship yeah. I'm, exactly. I'm getting a strong vibe That our season two Should be that People keep bringing it up And I, well, I don't I think they were around the
2: same time And they were a little yeah. They were a little more vanilla I mean like I love them A and- little
1: more
0: They're a lot more vanilla I loved
2: them And still do But there was No one like Died of a cocaine overdose On
0: their front <laughs> 100% <laughs> not Elizabeth In these books These girls have meetings About like Their babysitting Where they take calls To set up their their babysitting appointments like it's not your cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean I up growing up and like now I actually did recently I watched the new Netflix series of it which is I thought it was quite charming and so did the reviewers it wasn't just me but I think like, <laughs> those were for me more like aspirational like I, I could or relatable I would guess um and the, the Sweet Valley was sort of, yeah, like it was kind of more scandalous and it was cool. And I was interested in them. But I was interested in like what it was like to be a California girl with a sister and be, live this like cool life. I mean, I honestly
0: think the people that we have talked to who relate to the Babysitter's Club are like good, decent people. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> not trash people like me that were like, you know what? When I get to college, I'm finally going to join that fucking sorority. <laughs> I'm going fuck the hottest guy at school.
2: You know, the books that were interesting to me as kids, I think as a kid, were always books about female relationships, like friendships or sisterhood, more so than the ones that were like, Romance
0: it. Well, and I think the Babysitter Club's books had like real fights about real issues. Like somebody would have like a misunderstanding, and there'd be like a f- like a, f- a fight between the friends, and then they'd have to like work it out. Whereas in Sweet Valley High, it's just like Easy In is a whore. Right. She can't join the cheerleading squad. We're gonna shame her. Oops, she tried to kill herself.
1: I guess we'll let her on the squad. Like it's it's just like straight up soap opera. Oh, well, I think yeah. the thing about the Sweet Valley High twins is that you know. It is easy sometimes to divide the idea of like good versus bad. And it is easy to kind of like bring those two ideas together. Like, how do you balance good and evil? Right? Mm-hmm. Because Jessica sometimes, you, every story starts off about her getting into some kind of mess and do something wrong. And Elizabeth swoops in and kind of balances her out, and everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they have like no depth of character. They're not interesting people. They never do anything that makes any sense.
2: <laughs> well, that's why the Roxanne Gay essay was so interesting to me also because she's so like firmly in the Jessica camp and she's like, I yeah. just so you don't hear people say and you don't and she She made a case for, she made a better case for Jessica than Francine or Jessica ever made for Jessica. Listen, I said on episode one that perhaps Jessica
0: is the real feminist here because she's the one who's always going out for like what she wants while Elizabeth is being like a doormat. But speaking of, Rachel- do you think that Elizabeth rang true at all as her oh my n- as her character as herself in this book? No, no. Yeah, I mean, who is she?
1: Yeah, yeah that was totally confusing. Yeah, totally confusing.
2: They yeah. were both sort of. I mean, I think they were both sort of not themselves. But yes, I, when I closed this book, I was like, "Oh, so Jessica's the favorite." Like, it felt like Francine likes Jessica more. She she did have sort of more. Of a compelling story here, obviously. And like, it sort of, I think, I can't remember exactly, but the way it ended is sort of like, it ended on Jessica, not on Elizabeth and not on them as a pair. And to me, that was very telling.
0: Yeah, and I guess you should, we should shout out Francine a little bit for the fact that she made Jessica, who did this terrible thing. She fucked her sister's, fiancé stole him and then was Beth. like, why won't she come to our wedding? And made her this like redeemable, like she made her the hero of the book. See,
1: I disagree that this is so this is why I thought it was important for us to talk a little bit about this affair. Yeah, let's. You know, we're talking a lot about like the book. And I think that we, we'll get back to that because it's just there's no way to not talk about, about how awful it is, right? <laughs> but like the one thing just um Francine Pascal consistently brings up like the idea of affairs you know, and secrets and things like that. But in this case, I felt like In all the rules of being a hoe, it is like the one rule you do not cross. You don't sleep with like your best friend's man and you don't sleep with your sister's man, which, you know, a lot of people to your point, Rachel, about like female friendships and um, not having a sister is that sometimes your best friend does feel like your sister. Yeah. So the rule is do not cross that line. And if you cross that line, you have to eat the consequences. And what was bugging me the most out of the whole thing is like, we've been on this journey with these ladies. We have been through their high school. We've been through their college years. And now we're like in their adult years or in their twenties or late twenties. And to be a woman who is like, I have stole my sister's man and ruined this relationship that she had, that she had hoped for, that she thought was what she wanted. And she's Even, been with since they were like juniors in high right, school, which, you know, I can't judge her for dating him, but the, to, 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 do that and be like, it is completely like Like I don't have to accept any responsibility for that, because Elizabeth at the end is like, "Oh, maybe it's my own fault." (laughs) (laughs) She's like, like, "That is the only thing that rings true for Elizabeth is that she's the one who has self-reflection about why the relationship was bad and why her sister was able to take her man." And I think that's a really terrible message because really the message should be one: "This dude is real." big asshole. Yeah. The dude yeah. is an asshole and he shouldn't be sleeping with two sisters End a story period twins. But number <laughs> two, if you are the sister who sleeps with your sister's boy, you need to calm the fuck down and accept responsibility, yeah. which they don't do. They make her a hero. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. and what you're saying is the exact same thing that happened in the Regina book, Regina, Bruce cheats on Regina. And then Regina is like, well, it's probably my fault because mm-hmm. our relationship had already fallen apart.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because I think you're right. I mean, ultimately, Elizabeth sort of just says like, okay, fine, as she always does. Like, I'll forgive you because I have to. And it, all it took was her sister sort of just like showing up on her doorstep. Yeah, But I yeah. think there was a line, there was a line that sort of did ring true to me when Elizabeth goes back for the grandmother's luncheon or whatever. And she sort of acknowledges like, Jessica's the one who's been there, so sure they were all mad at her at first. But like you have the advantage, like the home court advantage—you've been there, and so people have seen you, and they've just ultimately gotten used to it, and you moved on. And I think that is true. Like everyone else was mad at her and thought it was horrible. I mean, I think like the worst thing Jessica did, perhaps, was out her brother to
0: <laughs> her brother. Let's story. talk about that. So we didn't get deep on the it in the recap.
2: Yeah. Like that, I was like, what. Is yeah, okay, so uh, let okay. me summarize
1: what happened, so then we can react. Right, because I have so much to say about this bitch,
2: Jessica. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah, so
0: I'll summarize what happened and then we'll all react, because this right. is very weird. So Jessica leaves her husband, flies back to Sweet Valley. It is clearly noted that Ned and Alice are on a cruise. Unclear to me why Jessica can't stay at Ned and Alice's house then, Correct. but she has to stay in this, like, duplex with Todd and Elizabeth, and it is excruciating for Todd and Jessica who have to pretend that they hate each other but actually they're in love. So then Jessica has to leave the house. So she goes to the beach. She's walking on the beach and there ahead of her she notices him first
1: by his a silhouette calves, by a very his... hard body silhouette yeah, but with do you remember? sand and sun.
0: No, but she notices him first by his yes. calves because some men have skinny, bad calves, but his are perfectly proportioned.
1: I mean, she's ready to fuck her brother, too. She's
0: (laughs) like, oh, that's Steven. I think he's having an affair with Lila. So she walks up because she can't stay out of trouble, and then she's like, oh, no, he's having an affair with this dude, who I think is named Aaron. Aaron
1: Aaron Dallas. And the reason Jessica probably confuses Aaron with Lila is Lila's put on a couple pounds.
0: (laughs) She hasn't, but that's a good joke. Anyway, <laughs> then Steven turns around and Jessica can immediately see that he is sad that she is Jessica and not Elizabeth. And she's like, but I can handle this moment, Steven. Why don't you love me? Like I can handle this and it's okay if you're gay, right? And so the next thing she does is get in the car, drive to Steven's house.
2: Where go- he's married, where his yes, wife is staying he home.
0: promise that she
2: won't tell anyone.
0: Yes, she end. promises she won't tell anyone. She gets in the car. She drives to Stephen's house. She goes in where his wife, Kara Walker, has been stress baking and is <laughs> like, BT Dubs, it looks like Stephen's sucking cock now. It's
2: <laughs> very much like I am doing the thing that Elizabeth would do. I can rise to the occasion and be. Right. The Elizabeth. Wow. And then, like, in what world would Elizabeth do this? Right. Wow, but I
1: think I mean to, to the point is like if your top two most terrible things you've ever done is out your hus your brother to his wife and slept with your sister's boyfriend, you are a fucked up person. Yeah, it's, it's not, not good. good.
2: You and know, also, sorry, I was just gonna say they they do a good job. I think I I sort of understood why Todd in the end loved Jessica. I did not. I was not sold on Jessica falling for Todd. Like they didn't no. really try very hard to convince us either way. No, I was sort of like interested in this idea that Todd, like Elizabeth was safe and she was kind of different and he, he didn't think they looked alike at all. But I was like, what did she, why is she doing this? Other than to get what her sister has always had? Yeah,
0: I mean Todd has like the, a golden dick that everybody wants. It makes no sense. But this Stephen Wakefield thing also, like, it's completely unearned. And any time we have ever seen him, he's not been gay. But like, okay, even if I'm ready to accept this, like, right field, like all of a sudden out of left field, Stephen Wakefield is gay, like. The execution of his gayness—it's so strange. She has a line that's like Stephen thought his homosexuality was almost exactly the same as his heterosexuality. heterosexuality.
1: What the fuck are you talking about? I mean, none of the characters make any sense. And no. I will—I will say this. I will—I just to go back to the idea of this like um idea of affairs. So I personally have been in a lot of affairs oh tell us about I've had some affairs wait tell us tell us well well, I don't want to get specific because somebody might be listening from 1943 they're literally (laughs) not tell us (laughs) (laughs) but I just say the one thing that I think is that if you're gonna like I guess like the thing that I want to say is that I think that when you decide to enter any kind of relationship like that one of the things that you have to consider is always the consequences. Yeah. And your consequence for sleeping with your fiance your sister's fiance is that she's not going to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> and that she shouldn't have to. And you know Rachel I I he- I heard you say about that part um where like if you have the home court advantage and I I get that. But I personally through female, like the strength of female friendships and how much I love my friends and how much I respect my friends. I don't know if I could get over that, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I could be like, oh, it's cool now. You slept with your, your, your sister's boyfriend and now you're And are gonna person- marry him, by right. the way. And, and you're not gonna just be a person that him. I'm supposed to celebrate and think is awesome. I think that's a really hard line to pass. Yeah. And I don't know how I could, you know, I definitely have known and have been in a lot of situations. I slept with my boss. When I worked in Burbank, California, when I, when I sold movie prospectuses, <laughs> I used to sell, like, I was like a, uh, like a cold caller. I was like calling and being like, Hey, this guy made a terrible movie in the 1980s called witch board <laughs> starred Tani Katane, where she's a pregnant lady who like gets pregnant uh, or gets her baby gets uh, possessed by a Ouija board. Obviously sounds like a great job and a great movie, (laughs) obviously great, great film that you'd want to invest in. Yeah. So I slept with him and I remember when we went to the hotel room that he had booked and we were like getting ready to do the deed and then his dick goes flat and I was like, what happened? And he's like, Elizabeth, I'm getting married in two weeks. And I dismounted that man so fast. (laughs) Fucked up. Like it's okay for us to have an affair. Fine. You know it's okay for us to engage in adult activities. Cool. But like we have to be on the same playing field, right? Like you have to be honest with me. I have to be honest with you. But the number thing, one thing I don't want to do is to be like fucking a dude who's gonna marry some chick in two weeks. Like that's just like not. It doesn't feel good. It's tough. <laughs> it's, it's a like, tough. It's look. Not,
2: you know, I did not anticipate this night would be end with or continue with me defending Jessica here because like but I no. do yeah like it, it's unexpected because <laughs> I like I'm Elizabeth for sure um and like yeah they, they do kind of build them very like good and evil but I kind of feel like I don't know I mean obviously everything she did was wrong but I think that the like one eventually it's like you either have to get over it or you don't but if you don't then you don't get to see your family and you don't go back or you you know you don't get to enjoy these things and and I think the idea you know obviously was like and it turns out he wasn't right for her Todd wasn't right for Elizabeth either like it was Bruce all along that kind of thing but I mean obviously you're right <laughs> which That's no like one right. believes right, right. And of course you're right that what she did was insane and it was very surprising I feel like the only way they could sort of redeem it was this idea that she actually stuck with him. Like when Elizabeth wouldn't talk to her, she still was with Todd because like, usually you think she'd do something shitty and then like bail and be like, forgive me. Yeah. I
1: but, but the terrible part about that is that we are supposed to feel bad for her. Like that we're supposed to be like, Oh, she's in agony because she made bad choices. Like there's never a moment where she has to very much accept what she's done, like to be like, I will be in this relationship forever. For example, this guy who by the way, I fucked in a spaceship room. Oh, I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, what is-
1: it was like a, it was like a love hotel. You rented by the okay. hour, oh, it was no. super awesome. We walked in, it was lots it's a of mirror rooms. <laughs> right? Got, Got it. It was like little stars and stuff. Anyways, so if that if I had walked out of that room and some woman attacked me and clawed my eyes out, I would have been like, Oh, you know what? Well deserved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. No, she just just calls and whines on the machine.
1: Yes. She never takes a moment of like, I did something terrible to my sister. And now I'm in a relationship that is definitely stained with this horrible thing that I did, but I never have to pay the consequence. I never have to be like reflective in my, in in the writing. It's like, she's never has a moment of like reflection. She's just more like, But why is Elizabeth mad at me? Well, the agony
0: is enough, I guess, is is the point. Like Francine kind of gives you the agony, but she spends a lot more time in Jessica's agony than she does. And she makes Elizabeth's righteousness grating. She makes Elizabeth like into this character that she's never been. And she's grating and annoying and the fact that she's been wronged is annoying. And it's, it's a very strange thing, but I want to go back and just ask Rachel, what scandalous betrayals have you done in your past?
1: (laughs) Rachel spill the tea. I am warming the water.
2: Who have you betrayed? Tell us now. Well, this is not a good story, but I'm going to tell you this. It's a good, I already, I'm like, like, I'm not, already like, Buckle up <laughs> podcast listeners. It's like, not a good story. I've never done, but it is the first thing that comes to me when anyone ever <laughs> asked me a question like that, which is that in third grade, me <laughs> and this other, and this boy Chris Sesta stole this other girl's cookie when everyone had cookies. And cause she was like out of like a, like a learning specialist and like everyone got cookies and, Hers was waiting for her and we decided to like steal the cookie. And to this day, it is the the greatest guilt that I bear (laughs) of betraying Elizabeth in my third, a different Elizabeth, Lizzie, in my third grade class because I was someone was like, let's just take her cookie and we'll split it. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, I was like crying. I was like Jessica (laughs) sleeping with Todd, like crying and like, please forgive me.
0: Literally, this is not the first time I've heard this story from Rachel. (laughs)
2: It was clearly
0: a very formative moment. But wait, didn't you do anything scandalous in college? Didn't you ever cheat on that cute husband of yours when you guys were like just friends with Ben? Oh,
2: no, not that. But I will say that there was a... there there was a bit of a love triangle I would say in college
1: Ooh, it, oh like when Jessica was like kind of hot for her boss and Todd
2: Matt who's now my husband had two like best friends I was one of his best friends and then another girl was one of his best friends and as it turns out both of his best friends were in love with him so you know, you it, got know little little bit, it got a little bit it got a little dramatic um and unfriendly at times. But, She's married happily the other best friend is happily married with children and so are we. So, so how, how
1: like- did how did how did it become unfriendly though? <laughs> like <laughs> well, were you were you like leave, leaving dead snakes in her like <laughs> mailbox?
2: No, no. That's no, no, what no, people no. do. What? Uh, again, I'm the one who like reads the babysitter's phone, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like were like, there like, severed heads? You, like, you know, like hooking up and then she was like oh I'm gonna invite him to a formal." and then they were hooking up and I was like what we were hooking up and there's a lot of ridiculousness and college drama and I always think of like the people we went to college with and how they must like you know see when I post like a family photo on Instagram and think like how the fuck those two actually end up together with children in a healthy relationship like <laughs> I do think of that a lot do you think like now
1: if you were like I know that you're married but if you were not married and like living in the single world and something like that happened wouldn't you just be like Dude, go go with her. <laughs> I would like. Would you? But fight, that's also you why be, I'm single. I'd be like, I'm not fighting for <laughs> like, this. I was like, do you think that you would even try to
2: fight or like get into a thing with anyone at this point? Yeah, no. I think if someone, even at the time, I I knew enough to be like, if someone told me this story, I would give them definitely different advice than I am doing. Than I am like, I would tell them. And and I was sort of like when we ended up together. I remember thinking like this is a story I'm going to tell people in the concept of like we are the exception to the rule. You should not ever do what I did, which is wait, like, um, stick around and Vegas it for
0: fact. Here's another fun fact about Rachel that you might not know. Ooh, you Rachel, guys,
2: I, you see how much I'm sweating. This is
1: like <laughs> this is the best part of our podcast. Yeah. Rachel is when we make you start spilling the tea. Saying
2: my name, what you gonna
1: say, Rachel? Rachel was
0: the Carrie Bradshaw of Northwestern University. What? She wrote a sex
1: column. That's what? Yeah. yeah. Wait, do I have a G-spot? <laughs> I can't find it.
2: <laughs> maybe I left it with my
1: old boyfriend is, is in the space a, room. Is that <laughs> one of your expertise?
2: Your G-spot is sitting in the spaceship room waiting for you. To right. That guy.
1: Maybe, maybe his fiance stole my G-spot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is the ultimate
2: revenge. It's true though. And it's funny because I was thinking about when the babysitter's club thing and how like that always felt like more, more of a, like, are you a Jessica and Elizabeth? It was like, cause in those books, everyone was a good guy. Um, yeah. And it was just sort of like, which one are you like? Versus here where I felt like, even as a kid, I remember being like, this Lila's a bitch. Like who wants anything to do with her?
1: You know, yeah. there are a lot of
2: people I didn't particularly like. Well, I, I, I think that. it's Aristotle. <laughs>
0: says Ooh, wow! that um well that the that drama is when both parties are right that that's what makes an actual drama and so that's a real problem with sweet valley high because wow rachel that like blew your mind <laughs> <laughs> i was just like
2: this is what i was telling adrian yeah. and i were also talking about the office a lot recently and that's yeah. why i'm mm-hmm. about
0: jim and pam yes like, yes right, that's yes that's exactly
2: yeah, that. that is
0: why it's good because it, it in a real drama, both parties have to be right. That they both have to exist in a space where you believe in their point of view. Yes. and and what Sweet Valley High is, is it's always very black and white. But I yeah. think she tried to like kind of blend it. I mean, I think we've really beaten a dead horse here. Everyone knows this is a terrible book. <laughs> but do we want to have any final thoughts about it? Well, I, I can I just mention this one. Yeah, thing? please do. It's like
1: I am also thinking when you're saying this about like uh, the idea of. Steve Steven and Aaron and I do think the one thing yeah. that I really enjoyed about the even though it was a t- it was terrible right like this whole thing was hard to buy and all of a sudden he's like gay and all of a sudden Francine's writing about like gay rights like
2: what are you very doing very weird what are yeah, you doing she was like she like touched on California a lot there like,
1: yes lot. and the and the politics and like yeah. how like even at the wedding um one of the one of the the people was like a big politician who could help push this you know bill or whatever It's very weird totally but. I did like that Aaron was like, I don't like your
2: sister. Oh, yeah. Aaron's great. When he's like, your grandmother's delightful. And in some ways, yeah. I mean, they ended up together. And I was like, oh, maybe he's going to like forgive it because in the end it worked out. But it was like, no, what she did was shitty and wrong. So, like, yes, now we're together and that's great. But we're not just going to like give her a pass. Right. They held her more. He did hold her more accountable than anyone else has. The, o-
1: the only one who does. And so when you're, when we're talking about how terrible it is and like, and making this point about like, he's probably the only person who, Really has uh, stepped stepped up that way. What were some of your favorite parts of this book?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Oh my God, wait, go to Adrian first because I was like just about to have the, to know the answer to that question and i blanked.
1: Okay, my
0: favorite parts of this book. Well, it was definitely not any of the theater parts. Okay, my number one favorite part was when we got to see Bruce Patman's dick. Honestly. <laughs> My second His favorite-
1: desire for her.
0: <sighs> My second favorite part was obviously the epilogues where I, I literally was like, Francine Pascal is trolling us. Like, she's doing this on purpose where it's just like, <laughs> Robin Wilson, fat, not fat, a little fat. You know, like, Lila now wears <laughs> green contacts. I mean, just like the inane... It was so ridiculous that I was like, this is amazing. I'm having a great time. And this is, is fucking absurd. And honestly, the, um, the way she alternated the point of view and the present tense and the first and third, like how astounding and confounding it was really made me personally stop and say, Adrian, why have you spent so many hours stressing about whether or not your writing is good <laughs> because it doesn't have to be good like it it literally was like a light bulb moment for me i was like you know what it just has to be sort of okay and if you know the right person you fucking sell it <laughs> luckily you're very talented well I'm passing it now to Rachel your favorite parts
2: yeah I don't know I mean there were, I really liked I could picture the movie scene perfectly when Will Connolly finally got up and turned around and she's like oh, it was Todd like, the <laughs> but like oh my god that's a good one Rachel costume, you know and I like really I had this very and I'm sort of sad that she didn't like commit to that like she kind of was like as she got to know yeah, him she more, dropped it less like Todd but in my head it was like in those movies where it's like the same actor but like an alter ego but with like just like a bad wig so like into that is the idea I was sad that there was all the like female friendships died it's like you asked what my favorite parts are and yet I'm talking about the, my least favorite parts but I like I'm very sad because
1: the the, the, yeah. the did not become um Todd's long-lost twin because <laughs> yes. that's what I wanted but- you texted me and you were like, if the playwright becomes
0: Todd's long lost yeah, twin, I'm going right? to kill yeah. myself.
2: And that, that whole thing. And I was like, no, yeah, this is too um, convenient. And like, and similarly, like the doorman, which I lived in New York and I'm kind of like, I don't think she lives in a building with a doorman, but fine. No,
0: no. But- I said this earlier, Rachel. I was like, dude, the shit she's writing for this Zagat guide is like $50 a blurb.
2: Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off-Broadway Zag. Yeah. Like, I, was I was like,
0: she's getting like 30 to $50 for these little paragraphs.
2: Yeah. It was sad that like Enid in the end just became an asshole. Lila was an asshole. Like all the yep. female friendships basically fell apart. So I did, oh, I did, I did like everything sort of about the big the big climactic dinner luncheon scene. I can't remember what it was at the club. Like I liked, you that- liked
0: Alice screaming for the cake. That yeah. was the only. That was funny.
2: Was when Alice was like, bring the fucking cake. I yeah. Was like, yes.
0: That was the only moment where I was like, she finally executed a scene in a way that is amusing. And yeah, successful. yeah.
2: I was entertained. I liked that. Elizabeth was like, well, Liam doesn't like me. So he's not gonna like my sister. And he was like, <gasps> oh. like, you know, it was all like very breathtaking when he saw. <laughs> when he saw Jessica. It was I
0: very think. weird.
2: I was, like, he was like, like he was, was like pheromones. Yeah, I thought he was like, He literally like, says gay, pheromones. And yeah. He wasn't, and he just like, loved Jessica, but didn't give a shit about Elizabeth, and like flew across, that whole thing of like, she kept being like, he's just a good friend. I'm like, you've met him all time. One time.
0: Very weird. Oh, Elizabeth, weird. what are your favorite moments from this book?
2: Uh, I think
1: ending the book is probably my favorite <laughs> moment when I was like, I'm finally done reading this piece of trash. The one thing that stood out to me that I was like, I can't believe she had the audacity, (laughs) the nerve, the like ego to actually put at the end of this book, a French line.
2: (laughs) Yes. What was Which, it? I can't remember. I, can't, I don't know. I, how to, I don't, thought this afternoon I was like, yes, I, I was like, I don't know what, how it was to something say it. about
0: life. Wasn't right. it? Like, life comes and goes. I don't know like, how to say more it. More things
2: change, the more they stay the same. Yes, like, yes,
0: that's what that's it exactly was.
2: what it means. But I don't but know how, how to say it in French. French. Oh, and I, I was I'm like, for the French
1: she as French. if any of these characters speak French. Correct. I was like, bitch, you did not go there. Also, the other thing, and when we're, when we play our game, I'm going to mention a lot of it, but like, she's kind of racist. Oh, yeah kind She's, of she says some things that i'm just like i don't, I don't know like that's not cool well, let's like, let's cro- do you're it you're crossing a line you're crossing a line okay, okay so explain the game
0: it is time for the Lavalier Awards. And I gotta say, this is gonna be a big payoff for all our listeners because we've been telling you how bad this is, but now you're about to experience it. So how this is gonna work is um we're gonna go one, two, three, we'll read a sentence. We're each nominating a sentence for being the worst sentence that Francine Pascal has ever written, or phrase or like you know, moment. And then as a trio, we will crown
2: the worst sentence Francine Pascal ever wrote. We will. Present the necklace.
0: Yes, we will present a lavalier <laughs> to the sentence.
2: I'm nervous that you guys have the same ones as me, but at the same time, upon relooking again today, I was like, wow, every page has something that could be nominated. I'm like, again, love the book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elizabeth, you go first. I'm going to start with this one. When Jessica's talking to Kara about the fact that her husband is a big old gay, but a hero doesn't stop. Just because it's uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) Is Jessica the hero in that sentence? Yes. (laughs) Okay, here is one that I screenshotted and sent to both of you because I was so appalled. Oh, yeah. Lila, her perfect body, delectable in the shortest shorts possible, and a salmon-colored silk halter top loose enough to slide lightly over her just right, slightly augmented perky brawless breasts answered the door with shrieks of delight and surprise
2: <laughs> oh my God. i gotta say that's a contender <laughs> all right rachel what you got i'll start with this right from the first when he pulls up in his black audi convertible it feels slightly strange and when i open the door and slide in it's more than strange like <laughs> <laughs> what it's more than strange, it's weird. I'm like, those are synonyms.
1: <laughs> that reminds me, this is not for my contender, but I th- there was a line at the <laughs> beginning of the book where they're like, Look at these two beautiful faces, and oh, what faces they were. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good.
2: When I opened the door inside, it it's more than strange, it's weird. <laughs> and that was a moment where I was like, As a ghostwriter, I would be like, Those mean the same thing, yeah. <laughs> Well, and
0: many of your clients would be like, well, Rachel, no, they don't.
2: <laughs> well, the net was, and I'd be like, okay, like, let's say that then. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fine. Um,
1: getting through security. I have stopped myself from turning my head constantly to make sure I'm not being followed, <laughs> which of course probably makes me look like a terrorist. <laughs> Except there's no way, even without my heels, I look like someone <laughs> who's going to waste two hundred dollars jeans on a bomb.
2: <laughs> you know, when you said the thing about the slightly racist moments, I remember being like, I was thinking like, I don't remember that, and then I do remember now. That reading that line, being like, what is happening right now?
0: That's not racist. Why would someone it's, waste it's, their it's, jeans on a bomb? That's so weird. It's real bad. Okay, obviously. The perfect date for Robin, who is deep into the catering business, a courageous choice for someone who fought her weight in high school. <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: so awful. Oh, my God. Jessica looked at Caroline, a person she had known since kindergarten and never liked. Always matronly, even as a little girl, she was consistently <laughs> taller than most of the other girls, and for a while, most of the boys. Plus, she was squarish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even after puberty, when she had breasts and she wasn't fat, she had no real waistline, no curves, straight up and down, up to by, up to about five ten. Like that whole section, I texted Adrian because I was like, this woman literally was like, I don't like. It's like Jessica never liked Caroline because she was ugly. <laughs> like, What? <laughs> that's not I mean, that's a that sounds like to her, that she doesn't have a waist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Completely, completely reasonable. <laughs> okay, in the cab
1: to Will's apartment. There wasn't much conversation because the unpleasant, especially for people who were not all hungry, the unpleasant odor of some spicy Middle Eastern dish the driver had probably just finished eating was so powerful that they both were hanging out their windows. I am like, that is no way not racist. Yeah, no, you're
0: right. <laughs> <And> she <laughs> was like, even though we smelled
1: this smell, we were still able to make out. That yes, yeah, what comes after? <laughs> she's also made the taxi driver Middle Eastern. She's it's... just like, he's got to be Middle Eastern, and he must be eating some whatever. Smelly. Like, yeah. Like... Okay. This one we have already mentioned, but this is the
0: exact line. Sometimes Stephen was struck by how heterosexual his homosexuality was. <laughs> let that pass (laughs) it doesn't even make sense in any sense at at
1: all she was like he's gay but not really gay you know he's like the straight kind of gay
0: i was like has francine ever met a gay person like no gay person i've ever met is proud of their heterosexuality at all (laughs) they're like gay people queer people bi people are like yeah fuck those straight people (laughs) yeah they're like gross (laughs) yeah it's weird
2: all right rage right they touched each other the palms of their hands and tips of their fingers languidly caressing exploring like blind people <laughs> so there was nothing they didn't know of each other's bodies this inch by inch build of passion created the aching need to join deeply intimately and overcame any trace of reality the heat and sweat of their fervor combined to fling them onto their own trajectories and land them together at almost the same moment <laughs> i, I like, loved the almost well i like read it multiple times I was like is what she's just trying to say like they came at the same time
0: or well, almost the same time but the blind people moment I remember when I read it was just like what the
2: fuck I literally <laughs> but, uh, just laughed so
1: hard at that line Rachel that I had to take off my glasses <laughs> I was like let me remove my glasses for the scaphaw
2: says <laughs> <laughs> in her essay about how they like also kind of dance around like any of the actual like sexuality stuff and yes. so that moment I was like is this like This is a very roundabout way of saying, like, they both orgasmed. Yes.
1: (laughs) All right, we've got our last two. Okay. Speaking of the disabled, (laughs) (laughs) the tenants always joked about how the doorman job would be perfect for the wheelchair. (laughs) <laughs> the tenants always joked about how the doorman job would be perfect for the wheelchair bound since save for one, not any of the doormen ever got up from behind the desk to open the door or help with a package. Oh. <laughs> I mean,
0: that one is a tough. Look.
1: They're ba- she's basically like, you know what jobs are good for people in wheelchairs seated ones. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> All right. Here's how we're going to end on a very high note it's also basically how the book ends are you ready elizabeth moved her hands to his belt unzipped his pants and with a gentle push allowed them to drop to the floor exposing his smooth almost sculpted body and his desire for her (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite erection moment. Well, how are we going to choose? What do you guys vote for the worst sentence? Who are we giving the
2: lavalier to? If you got around to me, I was going to just get, like, just randomly choose a page and then read a sentence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm ready, Rachel. Do it.
2: I don't know. There's a lot of good ones in that.
0: That Kara Walker squarish in the Middle Eastern cab and the heterosexual, homosexual.
1: I mean, the insult to people in wheelchairs. in wheelchairs. What I do want to say is maybe this is one of those moments that we all remove our lavaliers <laughs> and just trade them among the three of us to be best friends forever.
0: <laughs> Meaning we don't have to give an award? We don't have to. Well, we, they're all we equally as bad.
1: Or you can we can give a lavalier to one person and then I will steal it from them. <laughs>
0: really any choice would be fine so. i think
1: any of i mean i love them all let's let rachel choose she's our guest
2: well i like whatever. as adrian knows i get very caught up in copywriting like <laughs> it, it wasn't a strange it's weird moment to me is like so much but yes. if we're talking about actual content like many of elizabeth's are
1: somewhat outrageous o- downright
2: offensive well
1: they're they're not woke fields Yeah,
2: they're not. They're offensive. (laughs) And also every, the whole Lila Fowler side boob moment was really. I mean, Lila's,
0: the attention paid to Lila's breasts. Are I know. That's the one I liked about augmented. Rituals. I mean, that's also, Rachel, with the copy editing, slightly augmented. I mean, my MFA professors would have gone nuts and shamed you for 25 minutes for that. They're either augmented or
2: not augmented. Right. Oh, yeah. There's a lot like, of that. There's no slightly. Like,
0: you either have a boob job or you do
2: not. Oh, the taxi driver God. moment of the, like, obviously, this car is going to smell like gross Middle Eastern food is pretty. <laughs> Look, they the especially
0: <laughs> since they became the valiant heroes of that moment, still able to make out after. So let's give it to that.
1: Oh well, thank you, ladies.
2: I appreciate it. it.
0: Hey, Rachel, thanks for coming. Where can our listeners find you?
2: Um Francine specifically. <laughs> 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 uh, RachelBertry dot I yes. have all my stuff there, and then I'm on Instagram, Rachel i um, know on Twitter at rbirch and find me there
0: yeah do it and we will link to you on our Instagram Thank hey.
2: you.
0: thanks to listening for Wokefield uh, special thanks to Rachel Birchie and of course the mythical Francine Pascal who let's just say this week she tried her best <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if she did mm. but come back next week for a bonus episode where we'll be talking about date with a werewolf <laughs> I can't even believe I just said that. Yeah. We're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna visit Date with a Werewolf where Jessica traips around London dating a werewolf because of course <laughs> werewolves only come in London. Oh, double entendre. Thank so you. we'll be dating a werewolf next week. And <laughs> we will also talk about how we've been thinking a lot about all the monsters we've loved before. Hey, follow Wokefield on Instagram at Wokefield Pod for all your sweet valley needs. And rate and review us on your fave podcast app because just like Bruce Batman, we live for the applause.
0: And listen, if I drop my pants right now, you'll see my desire for you. (laughs) No, don't, (laughs) don't do that. I won't. I would never do that without consent. (laughs) Never.
1: (laughs) Whoa, fields.
0: Tell the truth and shame the devil.